0: Get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. That's greenlight.com odyssey. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey.
1: A note of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast bringing you high-profile and under-the-radar cases from across the country for the week of July 31st, 2019. I'm Billy Jensen, and this is Owen Michael. Hello. And we've got a special guest with us to talk true crime this week. We've got Lisa Lillian, the hungry girl.
2: Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. Excited to be here.
1: Now, you've got um, millions of subscribers for your daily email to tell about healthy recipes, tips and tricks, supermarket survival, uh, you also got a lot of other things going on too.
2: i'm I'm a food obsessed mad scientist who is also obsessed with crime.
1: Right. And that's what we're going to be talking. You're about. in the right place. <laughs> you' in you are in the right place because that is what we do here. We talk about crime. So this week, these are the stories that we've got for you. Two brothers who run a livestock business has something to do with uh, food. indeed. Go missing after visiting a farm in Missouri, and a cattle hustler is held in connection to their disappearance. A missing Alabama woman is found at the bottom of a well covered in concrete. Two American teens are held in Rome after allegedly assaulting and killing an Italian police officer after a drug deal gone sideways. And a local social media campaign reunites a stolen dog with its owner and results in a dog napping arrest. But first, a Southern California man is convicted in a scheme to make his business partner disappear and catfish the man's family into thinking that he was just traveling abroad and not dead. Owen, what's going on in the case of Edward Shin in California?
3: Well, first of all, welcome, Lisa. Uh, Excited to have you aboard this week. This one in particular uh, is uh, coming out of California this week. Uh, This is the story of Edward Shin and Chris Smith. Uh, They went into business together in 2010, starting an internet advertising agency called 800exchange.com in San Juan Capistrano Beach Town in Orange County, California, about halfway between L.A. and San Diego. These two made very good money very quickly, running lower year credit card debt type ads on uh, radio and TV and online. This is back in 2010, of course. You can call an 800 number, leave your name and contact info, and Shin and Smith would then sell your details as sales leads to debt consolidators and telemarketers and all those um, great people. They were uh, reportedly making millions by their second year of their business together, and they doubled that in their third year, this is according to Edward Shin. At the time, Shin was 32, Chris Smith was 33. According to friends and family, Chris Smith was a bit eccentric. Let me give you a photo of these guys. Uh, He had always talked about getting rich enough to drop off the grid and leave the country, travel, live in Costa Rica, do the whole international thing. So when he emailed his family in June of 2010 that he and his girlfriend, a Playboy Playmate, were off to travel the world, starting uh, with a chartered yacht. Heading off to South America, everyone assumed that he had made it happen. His family received more emails from the Galapagos Islands, from Peru and Chile. I love it down here, I might never come back, he said in uh, one of his emails. Weeks later, they got messages saying Smith had broken up with his girlfriend, that he was doing drugs and he was thinking about doing the unspeakable. But by the fall of 2010, Smith was sending messages to friends and family again from India, then Turkey, Egypt, Morocco, and then South Africa. He told his brother he was going to sell some gold to a dealer in Rwanda. And then he would meet him in Costa Rica for a surf trip. That was the last time anybody actually heard from Chris Smith.
1: And this is one of those cases. You, we've seen this before where people take over somebody's social media profile or their phone and start texting. And because this is the way that we communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. We rarely ever pick up the phone anymore. This is what we do. So if you had gone missing for a little bit and somebody was p- texting on or, or, or posting on your social media, do you think they'd be able to get your
2: no your chance. brand, your
1: voice? <laughs> no chance. Nobody There's knows. No ch- well. And
2: and nobody would fool me either. So I am very familiar with this case. I actually watched a 2-hour Dateline episode about it mm-hmm. a, a while back mm-hmm. and I was thinking, wow, his family was they were on to they were on to this. Yeah, the and brother. then there was like a situation where the brother ran into the so-called playboy model that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he was dating and then she had the exact same name, was the same photo that they had emailed him, and it was not her. He's like, how's my brother? How was the trip? And she said, like, what the heck are you talking about? So yeah. I think it took a while for them to really catch on. As,
3: as part of the details on this, uh, apparently the uh, the emails were written sort of in his vernacular, and they were mis- uh, intentionally had typos and things like that. So... I suppose if you're the family and you know that this guy doesn't write a lot of emails you might and so he doesn't have much of an established voice or he is the type of guy who makes a lot of typos and sends off emails like that Mm -hmm. maybe you know the voice is a little obscured uh, versus somebody who's uh, you know I mean it worked for a little while anyway yeah not to give too much away from this but uh, on the other hand too. Don't go to Rwanda and sell gold. Well, and do you know, gold it's gold interesting because
1: like what what's going on here is that they're sort of setting it up. Whoever is doing this is setting it up to saying, like, I might do the unspeakable, which I'm guessing is suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they're that's leading what it. They were getting with. It. And then they kind of maybe they're checking the the news trying to see if they go searching for him down there and nobody does anything. So they, they lose the idea of the suicide and then they start going into India and Turkey, Egypt, Morocco and then selling gold to a dealer in Rwanda which is leading it really some, mm-hmm. sort of like, this yeah, is going to be some in this thing email too. He take.
3: said he was going to travel through Congo, uh, the Democratic yeah. Republic of Congo, which is arguably one of the most uh, one of the most dangerous places on yeah. the planet. So uh, it definitely. He it might as well just like say like side. I'm going to be
1: like a, a offshore, offshore fisherman. Or something. Yeah, or, you, you
3: know, know I hook up some pirates and go fishing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So by the spring of
1: 2011, Smith's worried brother contacted the property of a place they always stayed in in Costa Rica when they visited. But the property manager said he hadn't seen Chris. And that March, Smith Smith's family reported him missing to the U.S. State Department, who informed them that there was no record of Chris Smith had ever even left the states. So the family contacts the Laguna, Police, Laguna Beach Police, another Orange County town just down the coast where Smith had been living. And Edward chin told Smith's dad that Chris had acquired a fake passport and was traveling under a false name. In June 2011, Chin was questioned at the Laguna Beach police station. He told detectives he had shady past uh, business practices and was being investigated for embezzlement, and Smith probably ran to avoid civil litigation by association. He told police that Smith had agreed to be bought out of his half of the business and had taken $1 million in cash, signed the business over to chin, over to Chin and then
3: left town you imagine if the state department is you know you you're frantic about you haven't uh, seen or heard from your brother or your son and you report him missing and the state department's like hey, he, he never left he said uh, yeah. you need to check your backyard that's got to be uh pretty heartbreaking then you really start you know being paranoid and freaking out and what's all this information that i've been re- receiving so uh in january 2011 uh edward Shen had actually closed the 800 exchange office uh Uh, dot-com office in San Juan Capistrano Uh, keep in mind this is 2010 in June when uh, Chris Smith allegedly took off so Shin shut down the uh, shut down the offices he stiffed the landlord for $40,000 in back rent another tenant in the office building there uh, actually was a private investigations uh, firm a service uh, was also in that building they looked into their former neighbors on behalf of the landlord one of the PIs uh, went looking around in the abandoned office suite he found blood he found blood on a light switch, on a doorway, on the ceiling. Later DNA tests confirmed that it was indeed Chris Smith's blood. On August 28, 2011, Edward Shin is in Los Angeles International Airport just uh, boarding a flight to Canada when officers arrive and arrest him. They charge him with murder or with spe- special circumstances for financial gain. Police and sheriff's investigators believe that Shin stabbed or bludgeoned Chris Smith in their office on that Friday, June 4th, 2010, the day that Chris Smith supposedly took his check, emailed his family, and then dropped off the grid. So Shin tells police that he and Smith had gotten into a vicious fight over this uh, embezzlement and possible investigation that afternoon after the employees had all left early. Uh, He said that Smith had tried to kill him. Uh, He was defending himself, and he said he smashed Smith's head on a corner of the desk he watched him collapse and die, but he didn't call police because he didn't think that they would believe his story. So he talked to a Las Vegas acquaintance that he knew. He was used to do business in Las Vegas. This Las Vegas acquaintance put him in touch with an unnamed Eastern European man. I'm putting air quotes up. Uh, Shin told police, uh, who he paid about $15,000 to dispose of Smith's body back at the office, gave him uh, the, the entry code and gave him directions how to get there. Goes back to the office later. Body's gone, but the place is still a bloody mess. So then he hires a cleaning service uh, to scrub the place uh, under the table, And, to and
1: apparently they didn't do that good.
3: Very, apparently not, although uh, by all accounts it was really bloody and these, you know, there were some, yeah. they just weren't that good, uh, whatever the thing was. Uh, Shin told police that uh, basically he was going to flee and he was going to drive to Mexico and drop off, uh, you know, he was going to go into hiding. But it turns out that uh, Shin does have a family. He has a wife and three kids. So he decided, what he told police, he, that he would forward Smith's signature, sign over the business to himself, and then start sending emails to the family and friends of Smith for months. He even made up the playmate uh, girlfriend, who had basically found this person online and said, "This is, I'm appropriating that, which led to confusion later with the, with the brother. He since apologized for sending the emails and misleading Smith's family.
1: Did he apologize for the murder, too? Uh,
3: well... I don't have that uh, on record.
1: Okay. Well, but he's he probably is, still he's saying remorseful. it's self-defense yeah. Yeah. at well, some yeah.
2: point. Exactly. And then I read something that I, you know, of this whole case I could kind of relate to because if I were going to go on the run, mm-hmm. he had stocked up on a bunch of beef jerky from Costco mm. and was planning on keeping it in his car and driving to Mexico and not having to stop for food. Kind of like that woman that was the one who wore the diapers. diapers? (laughs) Exactly. Yes,
3: we got
1: strategies there, people.
2: Strategies, and he at some point I believe he faked his own kidnapping as well.
3: So there's a there's another case. I was trying to track down these details. The LA Times does talk about how uh, he had faked his own abduction in the past. He targeted his own dad for ransom payments. I don't know what the details of that. The L.A. Times uh, made a uh, brief reference to this. I haven't been able to figure out the details on that. But, uh, yeah, and then plus he's also, he had a reputation in Vegas, and he was uh, accused of embezzling from this former company. Yep. So sort of a, of a piece of a Southern California sort of shady uh, shady business guy.
1: So, yeah, so he's trying to set it up as possibly manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter, uh, illegal disposal of a body. He's thinking, okay, man, if I can just lay that out there, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll just get 10. Uh, Smith's body was never found. Uh, Prosecutors believe Shin rented a truck and dumped Smith's body near the Mexican border. So Shin is 41 now, and he was convicted in December. The reason why we're talking about this now is that on Friday, he was sentenced to prison. What did he get? He got life in prison without parole. The L.A. Times reports the prosecutor noted that if Shin would produce the body, tell authorities where to find it, they could confirm Smith died from a single impact point on the skull, which would have corroborated his story. The body sets him free. I wouldn't necessarily say sets him free, but that's a little weird that he said that. But this is the deputy district attorney saying this. The body sets him free and he makes no effort to find it. Deputy D.A. Matt Murphy said in his closing argument, somewhere out there right now, in between a couple of bushes in the sand, there's a grave that gets a little older every year. Also, as we talked about, Edward had faked his own abduction to try to get money out of, the, uh, out of his father. We highly recommend you go read the GQ uh, article for this long-form story by James Vlahos. It's really good and has a lot of there's a really ton of details, details here that, that
3: yeah. uh, you know we're sort of compressing it for time. But as Lisa said, it, it, there's been some coverage of this in the past, and there's just there's so many wacky details on this stuff that this guy thought that he was going to get away with it. How um, much beef jerky would you need
1: during an escape? <laughs> that goes it a long way.
2: Depends on how long the car trip is, but it is loaded with protein. I love beef jerky and it's low in fat.
3: San Juan Capistrano, you know, San Clemente down to uh, Mexico. You're there in an hour, uh, you know, and then what you drive around? Where would you drive to?
2: I don't in Mexico, I don't even know. I'm unfamiliar with most of Mexico, but I'd be happy to have the jerky.
3: Well, before you commit your next crime, allegedly, uh, <laughs> I'm crimeless. Think that. Think about that. <laughs> um, but it's true. the The guy makes a good point. Uh, the DA, anyway, uh, if if they could find the body, if he knew mm-hmm. where it was, you do have an out. You could say, you know what, I made this whole yeah. story up, and I actually disposed of the body myself. Except that that would put the lie to it if indeed the guy has uh multiple crush points on his skull or if he's got a bunch of stab wounds in him or something like that yeah so he didn't and, and it's, it's obviously that's the what the family the was
1: saying the family was probably saying yes we want justice but we also want to know where his body is and we just want to give him a proper burial
3: indeed so uh and maybe you know maybe shan will come come uh, come clean about this but uh, at least he's going away forever all right just so of now we're going there. to go to wisconsin
1: and missouri The Dimel brothers, Nick Dimel, who's 35 years old, and his brother, Justin Dimel, 24, were visiting a farm in Missouri on business this month. Now, the brothers run a livestock business in Wisconsin and contract farms around the country to raise cattle for them. The brothers missed their flight back to Wisconsin on July 21st and didn't return calls from the family, and they reported missing on that Sunday. The brothers from Bondul, Wisconsin, about 30 miles outside of Green Bay, were visiting a town called Bramer, a small town of about 900 people, about an hour outside of Kansas City. Little place. So sheriff's deputies found their rental truck parked in a lot in another small Missouri town about 40 miles away, near an interstate highway. The truck had its lights on, and the engine was running. The Caldwell County Sheriff's Office in Missouri says Nick Dymel rented a truck on July 20th. He and his brother, Justin, were visiting a man named Garland Nelson to meet about a cattle deal, according to CNN. They were in Missouri to visit other farms in the area as well. Hotel security video shows the two brothers checking out of the hotel the morning of July 21st. And that truck, the rented uh, Ford F-2250 truck's GPS, indicated the truck left the Comfort Inn in a town about 30 miles from Bramer and traveled to the 74-acre farm where Garland Nelson runs his operations and arrived there around 9.30 a.m. About three hours later, the truck leaves the farm and arrives at a commuter parking lot in Holt, Missouri, where deputies later found it still running
3: with its lights on. It's curious. Yes. Security video from a general store nearby and a video from a bank uh, shows a single occupant driving the truck, according to court documents. Garland Nelson, he was uh, charged last week with tampering with a vehicle. He is currently being held without bond. Nelson reportedly admitted to investigators that he drove the truck to where it was found, according to court documents. He is said to be cooperating with authorities, uh, though a sheriff's deputy did say that uh, uh, Nelson had tried to mislead authorities and... uh, indeed they said he was a danger to the community and so uh, that's why they wanted to uh, keep him locked up according to the kansas city star newspaper uh as of this morning the brothers were missing authorities classified the search as a death investigation after the truck was located we should say that uh, late breaking this afternoon about three thirty p.m local time in wisconsin they uh authorities announced that they had found human remains they are not saying uh who it was the identity is not confirmed nor the condition of the bodies or the cause of death or anything like that however we've seen this movie before uh it's 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 somewhat likely that Mm -hmm. those uh those are the guys um as we say nelson's held without bond uh, complicating uh, the search efforts, recent uh, heavy rain, at least five inches worth in the recent days, uh, has uh, made it difficult for uh, Calloway County Sheriff's Office uh, investigators as well as other agencies during the search. Said they got a lot of tips. Garland Nelson is uh, 25 years old. He was released from prison last year uh, after serving time for a loan fraud and insurance fraud uh, for selling about 600 cattle that he didn't own Costing his victims more than two hundred sixty thousand dollars, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Missouri, so it's sort of a um, modern day cattle—I said hustler instead of rustler because he wasn't actually physically going mm-hmm. out there and, and stealing stuff. But apparently, uh, he had you know taken a loan from the government and had been mixing and matching and moving moving cattle around here and there. And apparently, had caught up with him. So he said he's uh, he served about two years before he got out of prison last spring, and now. Here we are today. Yeah. He's accused of uh, whatever went down here. It's unclear what. what yeah, where, we're, we're
1: going to know what, what went on, what motive was somebody calling him out on some other practices that he was doing, and then.
2: And if you're going to enter into a business deal with someone out of state, like you want to do a little online research. I think the internet is great. It's it's awful and it's fantastic at the same time. Sure. But I always got to get the backstory.
3: I mean, but if you're dealing with cattle and you see a guy, he's, he's run fraud before and you're, you're sort of, you know, okay, on the one hand, on the other hand, maybe we can get this guy at a good deal because he's desperate for business or who knows what, or maybe they didn't know anything about it i certainly even though with that kind of history though i certainly wouldn't have suspected that this might end up in a physical assault or death uh -uh. uh, if i arrived there who knows who knows uh you know obviously it's pure speculation but what could have led to uh these guys being disappeared like this and even in rural missouri i mean this place is farmland this is this is way out there uh he drove the car he drove the truck 40 miles away um he, two places: general store and a bank. Security video still caught him. I mean, in this day and age, you sort of have to do a little bit better of a yeah. job if you're going to if you're going to try to plot to get away with something. It seems no, to this me guy but, was, um, this
1: guy obviously is not that great of a criminal. Could have been a crime a opportunity, opportunity or sloppy. he had gone to, gone to well, a convicted before, criminal, so he was a convicted criminal, and
3: we'll see what happens in this case.
1: But, I'm
2: curious. I am curious to find out what went down.
3: Yeah, what could it have been? You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, we could think of a thousand reasons, but uh, that would be speculation. Yeah, we certainly wouldn't want to do that. We will uh, update that more when we have uh, yeah. more information on this case. We do provide regular updates on uh, TrueCrimeDaily.com. You can also check out our stuff on uh, excuse me, Facebook with uh, from our True Crime Daily page. And, of course, we have news stories every week on YouTube, uh, as well as this uh, podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, and Google Play. And uh, you can also call us. Call us at 888-548-9758. Share your comments or questions about any cases uh, we've been talking about. We'll run them here on the air. Add your voice to the conversation. So for our next story, uh, Bill,
1: take us away to Alabama. Alabama, Willow Watkins. Marco Willow Watkins was 20 years old when she went missing in June in Jefferson County, Alabama, in the Birmingham area. Willow Watkins was close to her grandmother, AL.com reported. Willow's grandmother last talked to her on FaceTime on Saturday, June 17th. Willow was very active on social media according to her grandmother, and when she went silent online, her grandmother reported her missing on June 25th. There are conflicting reports of where she was last seen. Some of them said she was last seen near Bessemer, Alabama, which is just outside of Birmingham, while others said she may have been in the Lakeview area, which is 15 miles further southwest, and she did not own a car. So, Jefferson and Tuscaloosa County investigators were inundated with tips. On Sunday, July 28th, investigators acted on one of those tips and went to a vacant house with a well on the property in a rural area about 20 miles east of Tuscaloosa. There, county workers excavated ground on the property and found a body at the bottom of the well. That took 12 hours. The well is 35 feet deep, according to the Tuscaloosa News. Investigators tentatively identified the body as Willow Watkins. And a sheriff's uh, lieutenant said her body was not discarded in a hasty fashion. It took planning... And multiple people. Concrete had apparently or reportedly been poured on Watkins body in the well. That's horrible. So deputies arrested 29-year-old Kendall Taylor Battles and 20-year-old Joseph Brandon Nevels. They were both charged with murder and abuse of a corpse. Others allegedly involved have been identified by investigators who say more arrests are possible. On Thursday, a third suspect, 27-year-old Devin Trent Hall, was charged with murder and abuse of a corpse. Hall had already been incarcerated in the Jefferson County Jail since July 19th on drug charges.
3: Not a not a, I, pleasant, a pleasant bunch of people to hang around with.
2: No. And do we even know if she was dead when when she was put in the well and the concrete was poured over her?
3: We don't, although it seems uh, we've got some details about how she ended up incapacitated, and it doesn't seem likely that she survived this Um what sheriff's investigators have so far they believe willow was at one of the two men's house uh located about 15 miles away from where she ultimately ended up in this well they think she was assaulted and killed there before the suspects drove her to the other house and dumped her in the well but it's uh, like i say it's not clear yet um court documents say that joseph nevels told investigator willow had stolen his phone uh, uh excuse me nevels is the gentleman in the in the middle here for our viewers viewers on youtube uh
2: he looks angry
3: he does look angry he said he got his phone stolen by willow he said he hit her on the head with a shotgun according to al.com just had a shotgun hanging around and used it to to hit her uh by his own account then he and two other men uh these other two other men along with an unidentified woman thus far beat willow with their hands their feet and a baseball bat According to the court documents, Uh, then Nevels, again, the guy in the middle here, strangled Willow with an extension cord, probably killing her there. Uh, They have recovered a baseball bat from the home. Uh, Joseph Nevels and Kendall Battles have both been arrested on domestic violence charges in the past. Willow Watkins' uh, mother... uh, It's not a good family history here she was brutally killed in 2015 al.com reports miranda lynch that's uh, willow's mother was abducted and held by three women back in 2015 who beat her repeatedly over the course of several days she was found on the bathroom floor of a mobile home in august 2015 in a pool of her own blood three women have been charged with their murder they were after uh, the woman's Food stamps or excuse me the woman's boyfriend's, boyfriend's food stamps, stamps according yeah. to al.com Jeez. so it gives you uh, a, kind of a snapshot into into the local local uh, goings-on here Watkins father is also uh, dead uh, it's unclear how he died but he's not been in the picture um, Watkins' cousin told uh, al.com she grew up hard in a hard life around uh, a lot of drugs she wanted to do better but she got involved with some bad people and she couldn't get away from them
2: sad
1: <sighs> all right. So we're going to go from Alabama putting concrete down a, down a well to cover your tracks. Yeah. That's uh No, I, they were they seem like they were, you know, and here's the thing, they would have never found her probably if not for somebody it might have been I mean who who dropped dime. So mm-hmm. it wasn't probably these three guys, it might have been this this other woman in the picture or these are just the kind of people that just talk a lot. They heard somebody say it, and
3: they said, "Yeah, and picked and the most phone of you petty the right criminals are, yeah. are, are not criminal masterminds and that kind of thing for pre planning, nor after the fact keeping things under the wrap under wrap, you know." Plus, drugs are involved. You're talking about some unstable people, but um, it's it's not clear whose house this other place that the well was at. But they knew apparently enough that it was abandoned, nobody would be there, nobody looking there, and nobody would find any problem with concrete down their well. Yeah. Uh, but that's unusual. You you know, people covering their bodies and covering mm-hmm. up uh, things like well, that. Well, listen, that's they the, were trying to be I mean,
1: 35 feet down and then concrete on top of it. They're basically just creating a, a false floor yeah. uh, up to the bottom of the well. That's, no one's going to ever look there. Yeah, it's, it's,
3: yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, some more information uh, yeah. on how they, how they caught these guys.
1: Okay, so we're going from Alabama to Rome. Two American teens were accused of attacking two plainclothes cl- cops in Rome, Italy, fatally stabbing one of them after a drug deal gone bad. Finnegan Elder, 19, and Gabrielle Natal 18, both from the San Francisco Bay Area, are being held in Rome. The teens were allegedly drunk and trying to buy cocaine in the city. The details are sketchy, but the New York Post reports that the two paid $100 for what turned out to be crushed aspirin. Somehow they ended up stealing a backpack belonging either, either to the dealer or to the go between and demanded their money and a gram of real cocaine in return for the backpack. The man contacted police, who set up a sting for the teens. The teens showed up later at the prescribed meeting place near their hotel and were met by two plainclothes cops. The teens said the cops never identified themselves, and fearing for their lives, the teens attacked the cops. Police say Finnegan Elder stabbed one of the cops 11 times in the chest with a 7-inch blade. Undercover cop Mario Riga
3: died at the scene, and the teens fled. 7-inch blade, that's a that's a, long that's blade. a serious uh, mm-hmm. knife, and... Uh, It's two American kids, you know, partying, drunk, looking to score drugs in Rome.
2: Did they speak Italian?
3: uh, Apparently the Natal guy has relatives in Italy and was staying there, and uh, this this, uh, Finnegan elder visited him there so maybe the the one kid who had family there and lived there spoke enough passable italian but uh you know rome is also what quite possibly the most visited uh, or at least top three uh tourist destinations yeah. in the world and so the locals probably don't have a lot of tolerance for a bunch of drunk uh, american kids on this kind of stuff and also you can, you can
1: you can get by it. pretty well speaking yeah i mean in, in rome in, I was in just 2019 rome. Yeah. as a matter of fact
2: are the kids yeah. trying to say that the cops try they were not wearing uniforms so were right. they trying to say they didn't understand they said that they they, said
3: that they, uh, they basically they were saying that yeah uh unfamiliar situation not familiar with the language we just kind of messed around with this other guy on the street and in an apparent drug deal and now he's got two guys with him that are cops even though we don't know they're cops so assuming assuming that they are two uh you know youngish men physically fit Probably thought that they were, according to their story, of course, probably thought that these guys were the heavies and were going to beat them up or something like that. This is what they say. And so they thought they were being set up. They thought they were going to be in cornered and they were going to get rolled. And so they fought back. Uh, and uh, allegedly this this, uh, this stabbing happened. Um, so then, as Billy said, they fled and they were later found later that night at their hotel, uh, which is not, uh, not too far away. Police found the knife hidden in the bathroom ceiling, and it had been washed off already, according to the Italian police. Police said uh, Finnegan Elder had brought the World War II era Marines-style knife, so I'm thinking like a K-bar, which mm-hmm. is like a like a like a Rambo knife, if yeah. you will. Uh, said he brought this uh, this knife from the states. He told police that he was being strangled uh, by one of the cops, and he had stabbed Mario Riga in self-defense. No marks were found on uh, Finnegan Elder. Uh, Mario Rigas' partner said they both verbally identified themselves to the teens several times and had shown their badges. The teens have reportedly since confessed they uh, they were being held in solitary confinement in a Roman prison this week. If convicted, they could face life in prison there. Uh, Relatedly, before we get to that, it has shades of Amanda Knox. Uh, every story about this sort of... Uh, well, anytime, this, anytime an American, American kid
1: k- is going to get arrested, exactly, for, it's very for killing profile. somebody, You're going to, th- you're going to think Amanda Knox, especially in Italy. Uh, I know Ma- Amanda. Amanda said that um, you know people had been texting her, wanted, wanting to get her, yeah. like, like news agencies, just hey, it's a, it's a chance to get Ma- Amanda Knox on there. But she has been you know, doing the right thing. She wants to see what's coming out, what the, what the information is going to be, so you don't rush to judgment,
3: which is what happened. Yeah, you know, in, her in her case. case absolutely. Yeah. So uh, to give you a little background, uh, this is what the, the San Francisco Chronicle reports about Finnegan Elder. He'd been charged in 2016 with assault. Uh, he was at a party. He had, uh, he had punched another teen at a party in San Francisco one night. The victim was a teammate of Elder's on the school's football team. Uh, this punch uh, resulted in the, the, the teammate was hospitalized with life-threatening injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, the kid sustained a severe brain injury in the assault. He's since been okay, and he's uh, he's, he's oh, gone off to college, and, et cetera. But uh, Elder was suspended from the team, and he was tried in juvenile court. But uh, since juvenile court, the records are not—they uh, don't show what punishment mm-hmm. he, f- he faced. There. They haven't been unsealed. ABC News reports that uh, Finnegan Elder's father arrived in Rome this week accompanied by a public defender from San Francisco. Uh, the slain policeman Mario Riga had been married in the same church six weeks ago. Oh in that church that he was laid to rest Uh, this week uh, on Monday. But uh, so a a couple of things. I mean, they've got a public defender from San Francisco. Maybe it's a speculation, but this part of san francisco they were from was a, uh, I i believe it was mill valley i'll have to double check on the on the details of that but this is a fairly affluent area of san francisco yeah. which makes me think you know i'm curious they as
2: to, to why a public, a public defender yeah why i mean
3: general. but i don't know why the details. is it a public maybe,
1: defender it's maybe it's he's got some experience 19, 19 year old a, kids in a european city looking for cocaine and having cash to buy the cocaine they're probably affluent
3: yeah, I'm going oh, to go out. And say yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so
2: and not. That I'm wondering smart. why that's a public... Yeah. yeah, and but, obviously you know, this guy's got it's... some
1: impulse control. Honestly, issues. just just eat the gelato there. There's just so there's just so there's much a, better. Right. There's a gelato stand on every corner in Rome. Just you don't need cocaine.
3: That's a good point. Um, <laughs> also, just don't be a <laughs> drunken jerk. Uh, and really don't anywhere, a cop but in a, uh, especially
2: in a foreign country, you, know, you should not. Obviously, Especially, kill a cop anywhere.
3: No, <laughs> but don't of go overseas
2: not. and kill
3: a cop. You're, you're perpetuating the ugly American stereotype, mm-hmm. as well as uh, you know, just being a general ass of the, yourself. And plus, cities like Rome deal enough with uh, with tourists and unruly people and stuff. You yeah. just uh, just try to behave yourself.
1: But speaking of San Francisco, this week we had an example of a viral story on social media that led to a positive ending. Jenny Setta and her six year old golden retriever therapy dog named Lily.
3: There's Lily. That's a pretty cute dog.
1: Went to a grocery store in San Francisco on July 13th. She tied up Lily outside the store and went in to do some shopping. But when she came out, the dog was gone. Surveillance video outside the market shows a man crouching down and clapping his hands to get the dog's attention. Lily walks towards the man wagging her tail. The man then unties Lily and walks away. Uh, Jenny went online and appealed for information on anyone who might have stolen the dog or seen somebody stolen the dog. Local media picked up the story. Reporters amplified the message. Within 24 hours, a Facebook page she created to help find the dog has been viewed 10,000 times. She got a tip that someone had seen the dog with the man getting off a municipal bus, so she went to that particular neighborhood, the LA Times reports. An off-duty cop in the neighborhood told her he had seen a man playing with the dog and personally assured her he would help find the dog.
2: Who leaves their dog tied up outside a store? Can I just, I mean, I, I'm thrilled that dog. I'm with you. I, I'm so happy that dog has found its owner, but for all the money I, you know, in the world.
3: You know, it's very neighborhoodly uh, kind of I a thing. Care. You know, I think that, uh, yeah, I see it at the beach. I see it, you know, in, in little areas like this. But I always feel like, poor dog, like, you know, th- th- bring the dog in with you or, you know, or bring somebody with you. You or, can't
2: You can't leave your dog. That's just not safe. I wouldn't it's do like that. It's like leaving a child. Only a child could call for help.
3: Yeah, and don't do it to a child either.
2: No, uh, of course. But, but I uh, said it's, it's the same. Yeah,
3: exactly. No, but even, like, if I'm going to duck into, you know, buy a pack of gum at the counter where the dog is in my line of sight, that's one thing. But if I'm going in, you know, wait out here, I'm just going to go pick up some rice get some and uh, get some Gatorade or something and, and do some shopping. It's a very trusting. I'm learning person. a lot and, about
2: what you consume.
3: And uh, well, I, it's San Francisco tree, right? Catery. Um How
2: to get that in there. But I'm thinking
3: that uh, you know that she's a, uh, also Beautiful who doesn't dog. love this dog. Right. People, you know, nobody's going to steal this dog. This is a gorgeous dog. People to stop and say hello, and and this she's a, a therapy dog. She's yeah. a sweet, sweet dog. So uh, that night, uh, you know, this was making the rounds in San Francisco. Apparently, the night of July 14th. Uh, an officer saw a couple walking a dog matching Lily's description. The couple said that they had found the dog the night before and were hoping to find her owner. The dog was wearing a travel pillow and had been running around in a panic in the Tenderloin district of uh, San Francisco, oh, about a is, mile away is, from where she was taken. That is still not a uh, that's not As, like a good as we can talk about, uh, Tenderloin is actually a notorious area of San mm-hmm. Francisco. It's sort of, uh, we have Skid Row in, in, mm-hmm. in downtown L.A. It's a, it's a, it's a, bad place, I shouldn't say a bad place, it's a place where there's a lot of um, homeless folks and drug uh, drug, drug activity. activity on the streets and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit dirty and a little bit run down. Uh, it was about a mile away from where the dog was taken, and if you know San Francisco, everything is smaller and okay. close and very connected there. Um, the woman, uh, this woman with the dog said, at one point she came over and sat in front of me and just put a paw on my leg. Dog was identified and safely reunited with Janice, Jenny Seda. Last week, San Francisco police arrested a man called uh, Lee Van Loke, Lok, Lee Van Lok who was a 53-year-old local resident. He was detained on suspicion of being connected to a vandalism case. They ran his name, and they found an unrelated warrant for theft, so they arrested him back at the station, according to the San Francisco Gate Officers realized Loke was the man seen on surveillance video taking the dog. He's been since uh, booked on a charge of dog theft.
1: Yes. And again, we see the power of social media.
2: Finally being used for good. Being
1: used for good. Uh, You know, there's a guy that just recently wrote a book about solving murders with social media. As you know, you're thanked in that book, by a, the way.
3: A well regarded <laughs> citizen sleuth and uh, a veteran investigator.
1: Yeah, so, um, but yeah, um, no, what's that I book mean, called? She did, it's called Chase Darkness with Me. It's out on August 13th. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> but what? It's Billy Jensen, folks. The interesting uh, thing here is that, so she went and started it right away. Any, as you know, being in news, dogs are, are page views and people will click on a dog especially a dog that gets dog. stolen and a therapy dog I'm this thing was going to go viral yes exactly <laughs> so um
3: you know what there's a dog in the studio right now, by the way. But, yeah, uh, so, and yeah, we, we do have a dog in we the don't, studio, She too. hasn't signed a so. release, so we're not going to... put name.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, social media used for good, and I love the fact that everybody uh, uh, banded together. I wish they would do it for other things as well, because sometimes if I'm looking for a killer, I don't get 10,000
3: likes. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it's it's true. I If only this dog could talk, because... It's unclear how the dog ran away from the dude and was running around uh, the streets of uh, the Tenderloin District there. But uh, Maybe
2: the guy just let her go. He like, might he, have, he but you've got
3: to think if you've taken this step here, maybe it's a meal ticket. Maybe you can sell it. I don't know. I don't know. Who, who, who steals who a dog? Who now? steals a dog? It's a special place. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, all's well that ends well. And this dirty, dirty dog napper is... Dirty,
1: dirty dog napper. He's
0: but you know he in jail.
1: Do you know what we get... Every day every every minute we well, what's that what do we, we get comments we have the largest true crime Facebook page in the world what? and uh, we get comments and there is a story that happened two hours ago from when we we're taping this. It's a Oklahoma woman arrested after refusing to sign ticket, kicking officer in groin, and it is on video. You need to go see this video, folks. The woman refuses to get out of her vehicle and tells the officer, you be fair with me and I'll be fair with you. The incident started as a ticket for a broken taillight, but it soon escalated and led to the officer tasing the woman. Now, um, there have been
3: people that were... By the way, let me expand on that. She also rolled up the window and drove away. Uh, and the cop uh, then chased after her and then pulled her over again. And then she realized how serious it was. But she still resisted him. You can see all this video. You look this up. This Oklahoma woman uh, uh, was finally he tased her and then he finally managed to handcuff her. And now she's in big trouble instead of an eight because she was basically refusing an eighty dollar Fix she did ticket. not want the eighty dollars. said, "I don't. I'm not ticket. taking that. I'm not having it." They were arguing. The guy was trying to be civil, and she said, "I'm not having it. I'm not having it." She rolled up the window. She wouldn't talk to him, and then she took off. And so, could have ended worse for her. Yes, um, tasing. Uh, there However.
1: are some people defending her. Uh, saying, um, you know, it good because it the, the whole thing of like whether you were admitting guilt by saying by by signing it, uh-huh. um, but this. you just don't attack police but officers. Can you also
2: fight a ticket? Of course, you can. Instead of just yeah, but I think maybe at At a certain point
3: room. she does say finally, okay, I will fight the ticket. Uh, okay, I'll take the ticket. I'll take the ticket. Don't arrest me.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: so you know, it is yeah. what it is.
1: Sa- Sarah H said, kind of glad she didn't sign it. I enjoyed the show. Ryan P. said for $80, that's how much she spends on gas a day. God forbid she fix her taillight or pay a fine. So obviously Ryan's got other um, issues they're trying to work out. Once you start getting over 500 comments, people just start injecting themselves into the situation and, um, uh, don't even stay on topic, you know, sort of just like, that's how much I'm spending on groceries. I don't want to spend $80. It's like, you just brought yourself into this situation. It's not about you. It's about this woman who, who just attacked a police officer. So
3: late model uh, a pickup truck as well. It was, it's an expensive truck. And uh, also, apparently this was her second time being cited for this. So she just hadn't bothered to fix it the first time. It's just all, kind, all kinds of sort of, I don't have to do what you say, kind of some, you know. She had an attitude, she had yes. a real attitude about this. Yes.
1: So right now, it's a, like I said, it's two hours old. It's only, it's gotten 554 comments already. 80,000 people have looked at it. Um, it's this is going viral right now, and
3: uh, you, you know, I hate
1: to, I hate to be entertained by such. A yeah, thing, you don't want to it do it. Sort of,
3: uh, it is sort of um, rewarding to see somebody who flouts the law like that. Yeah. Uh, um, sort of get taken down. Rosa,
1: Rosa G said, "I don't know why this is so satisfying to watch." Indeed. Yep, so there we have it. Uh,
3: Uh, Yeah, next time uh, we'll we'll cue that up for you. I don't have that uh, on tap for you. But But we would
1: like to thank Hungry Girl for showing up.
2: Thanks for having me. For talking some crime
1: with us. Did, uh, what do you what do you got going on now? What have you what are your big projects? What's the next thing for Hungry Girl?
2: Well, I ha- I'm working on the next book. I have 13 okay. books. Um,
1: 13 books.
2: 13 books. I'm working on wow. 14. Graduates. And I have a Hungry Girl magazine that will be out at the end of the year. I have a weekly podcast. I have the daily emails, which There's is the, daily, heart, that's the big heart and soul one. of the brand.
1: Okay.
3: And it's hungry Girl hungry-girl.com, hungry hyphen hyphen right?
1: Hungry-girl. Yeah, there you go. Does, okay. Has okay. Hungry Girl ever met Hungry Man?
2: No, but I did eat Hungry Man dinners as a child. Oh, so did I. Who didn't? Oh, they so were it's wonderful. American,
3: yeah,
1: they were ah. great. Remember the
3: dessert?
2: Oh yeah, because like the peas and carrots would always like spill into the dessert, spill yeah. into the and apple then, cobbler. Yeah. Nothing better. No, nothing you know, better. So Hungry
3: good. Man and, and Bird's Eye. I mean, I imagine these things. Uh, you can still get them, right? I think they're, they're all microwavable yeah. now. The thing that used to be in those those tin foil no, they containers, they're not so as cute. That you can they throw see, them. Now, when the tin you need the oven, the tin. oven, because that's how you got it all crispy around yeah. the edges and stuff. Boy, it just took me back a little bit there. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> there delicious. However, I'm going to check out your site later and uh, maybe cook something up uh, this evening.
1: So, uh, you can check out our content on YouTube and Facebook and TrueCrimeDaily.com, and don't forget to download the weekly podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And if you have comments or questions about the show, call us up. Leave a message at 888-548-9758. We'd love to hear from you. And be advised, your recording may be aired in any of our future podcasts, but that's the point. Until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you... Don't do crimes.